Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast. Well, today I've been joined by a Reading FC legend. We all know him for all the goals he scored. There's one goal in particular, but he scored a hell of a lot of other goals. It is Jamie Curitan. Hi, Jamie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good as can be in this kind of corona hell. I mean, to not talk about it would be pretty tricky. How are you dealing with it, Jamie? Um, Yeah, I'm okay. Just getting on with life, really, as much as possible. Um, Mine's sort of stopped work-wise because I obviously play football and coach football, so um, both my sort of jobs have have stopped. So it's a case of keeping active and um, hopefully sort of waiting to get back to a bit of normality. That's about it. Yeah, I noticed your tweet the other day saying how if this is retirement, I'm going to play forever. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm not, I don't think I'll enjoy doing nothing for a long time. So, yeah, I'll, um, you know, it's probably give me a bit more inspiration to keep playing, I suppose. Yeah, you definitely. I mean, I find it, I'm sure all Redden fans find it amazing how you keep on going. Because, I mean, I'm 44, you're 45 soon-ish. Yes. And that, your knees must be a total mess. <laughs> I don't feel alright. It's more, more my ankles are the sort of problem. Knees would are okay. Um, aches and pains is as sort of you expect, but yeah, I still feel feel fine and, and able to do a job. So yeah, I'm quite fortunate at the moment. Yeah, you just score goals for fun. I mean, you must wake up and just think, oh, there's a goal. I just score. That's it. This is your natural <laughs> mindset, isn't it? It's quite amazing your ability to do that. I remember going to a former Reading player event, and you were there with Trevor Senior. And you were talking, someone asked the question how you can teach someone to be in the right position, but you can't teach someone to relax and be calm in that position. It kind of, yeah, like you see that with strikers, a, don't you? Yeah, I think it's a natural, natural sort of thing. To, I think to, to, for goal scorers that call, score consistently, I think it's just a natural thing that you pick up space, you put yourself in certain areas and then you, you sort of um, relax and be calm when chances come. So... Yeah, I think it's more of a natural thing. You can work on it, and you can work on arts of finishing and, and being better, you know, technically. Um, but I think the art of being a natural goal scorer is probably something that's sort of in you, really, rather than trying to teach it. Yeah, I definitely see it with strikers, don't you? They're great in getting that position, but then they just kind of collapse at that fatal moment, and you can see their confidence dropping. Yeah. And confidence is such a key thing for strikers. We've got Sam, we've seen them over the last few years. Once you relax in that position, it must be so much easier when you've got three or four goals in a few games on the trot. Is you know more than most strikers how that feels probably to have a little. I, mean, I don't know what is a lean spell for you, Jamie. Ninety minutes, maybe. Uh, yeah, a few games. Yeah, it's a few games, I suppose. But I've always gone into every game expecting and confident of scoring. But you don't get me wrong; you have lack, you know, bits of lack of confidence and stuff. But I think when you are scoring, everything just becomes easy and natural and. You don't even think about it. Um, I suppose when you're on a bad run, you, you tend to think about it a bit too much, try too hard, and you can snatch at things. But I think with all good goal scorers, you end up coming through that a lot quicker than, than maybe someone else would, because you know you just have to have self belief that you know you will take it when they come. So you signed for Reading in 2000 for 250,000, which I still think, we've seen like Dave Kitson and he was a huge bargain, but 250,000 pounds for you at the time was just ridiculous. I mean... I got a lot of stick for that, even though I didn't set the price tag, but yeah. It's, it's uh, kind of... I in, it, it, modern day, it's ridiculous. So I suppose even back then, there were still people going for two million pounds and stuff like that. So yeah, I suppose... In, in any sort of era, if you're a goal scorer and doing that consistently, 
Yeah, definitely. I've heard you talking about that on the uh, podcast with Ailey Williams, which is brilliant as well. You should definitely listen to that if you haven't listened to it. And kind of, like you said, there's strikers who were going for way more from Bristol Rovers, which at that point seemed to be a kind of like a hotspot for strikers, basically. (sighs) Kind of, how does that affect you when you're kind of see these other ones going for millions and you're going for a price which is just stupid, really? Um, Yeah, I think... I didn't really take it too well. Um, I got a lot of stick from from the Bristol Rovers because of it, even though it obviously wasn't my fault. Um, but yeah, I suppose you you either feel a bit undervalued at, at, at the time because anyone who was leading, I was scoring more goals than uh, maybe I was a different player and they offered more. But on just purely goals, you would expect to to be in and around similar price tag. So whether it was what Rovers valued me at, whether it was all the to pay, I don't know, but I was under contract, it could have been cancelled, you know, they couldn't have demanded more, so I suppose you think about it a little bit, think, well, you know, I was worth a bit more, but, you know, uh, ultimately you're only prepared, you're only valued of what someone is willing to pay and what someone's willing to sell, and that was at the time what both clubs agreed. So moving from Bristol Rovers and then coming to Reading, that's a kind of, no disrespect to Bristol Rovers, obviously there is disrespect there as soon as I say that, but it's kind of... At the time, and still now, if you look at the two grounds and the setup of the two clubs, it's a real jump up, isn't it? And coming into a team that was really pushing, desperate to get promotion, we'd only got the new stadium a couple of years before. How did you find it playing and coming to Reading and then playing at the Medesi compared to Bristol Rovers at that point? Um, it was probably the, the, the main reason I, I left Rovers and joined a club in the same division. I think it would have been most of the clubs in League One, I probably wouldn't have gone, but the fact of the ground, the fact that the club was gearing to go up, it was more prepared and it was what the club wanted, so the demands were a lot higher, so I was going there thinking, right, this club will eventually get me up another league and put me in a, you know, a, 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 I suppose a better platform to keep moving up, but that was the reason I went, um, you know, everything was geared for promotion and, and, and beyond, um, so yeah, I loved it too. You know, I'd obviously played at the ground already. Um, knew what it was about. Um, spoke to the manager, Alan Pardew, and his sort of ambitions for the club. And you know, I was more than happy to to move. Um, you know, even though it was the same league, like I said, which everyone found a bit surprising. But um, you know, there was a lot more that I could see in the future that that would be gained by doing it. So um, I was very pleased with you know the move when it came off. Yeah, you definitely played at the ground before. There was a 6-0 game, I do remember, that um, you kind of showed something that something was there. You and Jason Roberts, who also went on to play for Reading. Um, yeah, that was a game most Reading fans want to completely uh, wipe out. <laughs> that was not a, that was yeah, not a high I'm point. I'm quite happy with it, I suppose. It was the first time I'd scored four in a game, um, winning 6-0 away from home, uh, again against a team that was, you know, potentially a promotion chasing side so yeah it was a, for me a, a, a decent occasion and um, <laughs> somewhere where when I went back I felt obviously fairly comfortable that I could uh, you know, score goals there. yeah uh, you definitely proved that Jamie um, in the coming seasons <laughs> but it's a kind of how do you feel when somebody's asked the question of bringing up talking about Bristol Rovers you scored the goal against them and then you cupped your ears to the away end was that particularly sweet talking about the stick that you got obviously from their fans as well yeah, it was more so just, um, I suppose, the stick I got in the first game on Boxing Day, I got a hell of a lot of stick. And then obviously getting it again at the Medeski. So 
as a forward, especially, you always get the opportunity if you do to give them a bit back. And, you know, fortunately, I got the goal in front of them. Um, so it was sort of a natural reaction to, to what had gone on since my move to just, um, you know, give them a little bit back, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Why not? Football players get so much stick. And even now with social media. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, kind of, you've got the tail end of your career and the beginning of social media. If it had been there at the beginning, Jamie, it could have been... Yeah, I think the move and everything that went on probably would have been quite ridiculous on social media at the time, I would imagine. And, you know, you'd probably imagine there'd have been a lot of things being reported and I might have got a lot of um, sort of support from it, where back then there was no support and nothing. We just had to obviously take the move and... and go home and get on with it and, and deal with it on your own. So, yeah, I'd imagine there would have been quite a lot of cases, um, you know, minus the rows. <laughs> yeah, definitely. In that season, the first season that yeah, you were here, you got 30 goals in total. Uh, that's a pretty good start to a season, isn't it? Kind of, How did you see it as overall coming in and get that many goals straight away? Did you kind of... Were you in some ways kind of hoping maybe for a move? Possibly onto another club? I don't know, I mean, I suppose when you, you score 30 goals in, in any season, any level, you would expect clubs higher up to maybe come in, especially as we felt on promotion on the, you know, in the playoff final. So I suppose after doing it, I didn't have any sort of in my head about moving, but I suppose you would look at it and think if someone's got 30 goals, I've got 20 plus and 20 plus again the two seasons previous so three seasons you know scoring 20 odd to 30 goals a season you would maybe think that someone in the championship would go okay he's three years on the trot now he's obviously already played higher up beforehand um, but you know from what I know there was no interest um, and you know like I say I hadn't sort of prepared for any so it was a case of just going away and getting back next year and hopefully achieving promotion so yeah there wasn't any sort of thing in my head of going disappointment I suppose of, of, of no interest and no, no move I was happy I'd only just signed and um, I would imagine nowadays there would be you know that's how football has gone I suppose completely bonkers really if someone's scored 30 goals leagues above are, are going to be sniffing around sort of straight away so yeah it just shows you know that was football at the time yeah you score 30 goals in league one now as it is that's all. That's millions and millions, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, and I'd scored twenty nine two years previous and won the Golden mm. Boot, and then scored twenty four in between both of them. So, if you've gone twenty nine, twenty four, thirty in three years in one league, you would expect a top championship club to buy you. You know, as simple as that. If not a lower Premier League, and um, I suppose back then that just you know wasn't how it is. Where now you'd be gone for ten million pound probably. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your agent would be keen to move you on. I suspect. Definitely. Yeah, maybe that's changed a lot. And not being inside, it's hard to know. But you just see it as an outsider. Yeah. Uh, you played in one of the, I'd say, the best atmospheres at the end of that season. Even though it ultimately ended in failure against Wigan in the playoff semi-final. Mm. Now the ground was bouncing. Now. I know you missed the penalty right at the end, so I was like, but I see it as an assist for Nicky Forster. And that was really clever thinking there, Jamie. Yeah, well, I think <laughs> yeah. he needed a goal, so it was like... Yeah, you were just yeah. thinking about everyone else. It's just so generous yeah. that you're that kind of guy. But it's, um, 
What was it like playing in that atmosphere? Because as a fan, it was incredible. Yeah, I'd probably say as, as a from my career, it's probably the, the, the best. It's hard to explain. It was like an electric sort of atmosphere. Um, I spoke to sort of a few people about it. Um, but yeah, it was it was a funny atmosphere, but, but really, really good. The, the energy around the whole place was, was unbelievable. Um, there was obviously so much at stake. Um and to win it was, you know, brilliant. But yeah, the atmosphere on the whole was, yes, it's, it's hard to put into words, but it was, I could just sort of say as an electric sort of pulse seemed to go around the whole ground. Um, and yeah, it was, you know, really, really good. And I, I hadn't or haven't witnessed that sort of buzz or, or atmosphere since. And that's playing in front of, you know, in front of bigger crowds, really. Uh, but yeah, on that one night, it was a summer's evening, so it was quite light. Um, but yeah, there was something sort of special about about the whole evening, definitely. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that's better than some other club. I won't mention which other club, but it's really, <laughs> really made me happy that has. There's that one moment. I'm not saying the whole lot. So we kind of lose in the playoff final. Of course, you still obviously managed to get a goal. That's what you do. Kind of... What's it like as a player after losing in a match when you know the whole season is finished... It's such a unique match, and also the Millennium, which is obviously not played there anymore. Kind of, we had we had that game, and then we managed to lose it again, didn't we? Yeah, again, it was a, a game I felt confident in. You know, we, we played Warsaw a few times in the season. I felt confident we had a good enough team to win. Um, but yeah, the game was sort of up and down, topsy turvy, um, and to lose it, you know, the way we did. Um, it was devastating, I have to say. It was the first time I'd felt, I suppose, that sort of pain in a game, to be honest. Um, you know, I'd, I'd lost big games before, but to lose one like that, knowing what was at stake, especially sort of for your career as well, for the club, you know, you, I would have been two years in the championship with Reading rather than the one, and scoring the goal, the goals I'd scored, the 30 plus scoring in the fight. It would have been probably one of the best seasons of my career. And, Come the end, it was probably the worst game I'd been involved in. How I felt, I suppose, the emotion and stuff, and the disappointment, and then realizing at the end of it all, once you settle down, I've got to do this all again. You know, I'm back in League One. You know, we got for a whole season to try and achieve promotion again. So, yeah, it was it was really disappointing. You know, the fans we'd taken down there, the season we'd. Had. Um, so yeah, it was probably one of the worst worst moments on the field, definitely. Yeah, it's it's horrendous. I mean, at Reading, we've got a massive history of losing playoff finals. That's just another one that we've managed to screw up, basically. It's kind of, but it does end well. We move into the next season, and finally we get promotion in that one. The tail end of that season was just just dragged out, draw after draw after draw. I mean, there's so many tales of like Phil Parkinson going crazy in the changing room with Tranmere, all these kind of things. What was it like playing with those players at that point? The tension must build within the throttle of the team. Yeah, I mean, again, it was a weird season. We didn't start well. Um, we started the season quite poorly. Um, I think Parge was under a bit of pressure. Um, and Martin Allen left. And then we sort of went on a, a run, which was really good, put us in an unbelievable position. And then the season ending, we just win. I mean, if we'd have put any sort of run together, we'd have been promoted automatically. Um, and it just kept ticking along, and games were going by. We weren't performing well. Um, I mean, luckily we had a, a really experienced group. You know, um, Ryan Ash, Williams, Clarkie, 
um, you know, the list goes on. So it drove it, it the group on. You know, people were very outspoken and, and demanding of everyone. Um, Pars was very good. So we sort of kept going and going. And, you know, in the end, we get to the last game where at least it was still in our, our own hands. Um, you know, so it was a case of, right, we know what we've got to do. You know, even though we, we, we just wanted, you know, didn't need to lose, but we felt we were good enough to go and win. Um, and obviously the game unfolds and thankfully we end up getting the draw which, which finishes second and we get promoted so um, you know I think overall we deserved it in you know, the promotion um, but we did make uh, very hard work, work of it yeah well I think you're very modest though Jamie I think we know who scored the goal there it was uh, <laughs> I think you know who scored the goal and kind of like something on a side note about that goal my family, some of them are Brentford fans, and at the moment when you score that goal, I can see my members of uh, my family. And when they start giving me stick, I just send them that picture. <laughs> it's like... they, they, Brentford fans have given me sticks ever since that day. So every time I've played against them, um, they've basically singled me out for stick, uh, whatever club I'm playing for. So um, it's always been a nice place to go since that day because I just get abused. <laughs> I've managed to score quite a lot of goals against them, so it's, um, yeah, I don't think I'm their favourite sort of uh, player, to be honest. No, you must have quite a, cl- a lot of clubs, though, that dislike you, because you've scored against a yeah, lot of yeah, teams. There's a few, but there's, there's, there's one or two that are worse than others, but yeah, Brentford are up there. With, I'd imagine, yeah, they're probably one of the worst that just abuse me every time I turn up at the ground. That must spur you on, though, mustn't it? You must think, I really want to score here. Yeah, definitely. And, and it, all it does, it, it just sort of shows that you've done very well against them and, and you're a threat every time you sort of play against them. So they tend to sing you out, give you stick, and it, all it ends up doing is giving you ammo that if you do score, you can give them a little bit back. Yeah, it must be enjoyable, mustn't it? <laughs> must be, must be great when they're like giving you abuse from the stands and they're thinking they're big and all that, and you just go have a look at that. <laughs> just yeah. have a look, enjoy yeah, that. Give me some more, and I get another one. Just as simple as that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But at that moment when you scored that goal, you—I've said uh, before—the celebration was as much about our manager at the time, Alan Pardew not picking you for the start of the match mm. and kind of, look, this is what I could have done. What was your kind of like relationship with Alan Pardew during this point and ongoing? Um, it's always been always good. Um, I never fell out with him, never had any problems. Um, I'm just a player that wants to play and, and, and I'm quite demanding. Um, I feel I should play every week. That's just, just me. And I know it's not possible. I know sometimes form dictates that and formations and other players can do a different job, but... Um, I've had that relationship with every manager that I'm, I'm a very demanding player I want to play football and I'm disappointed when I don't um, some like it some don't because I could maybe be a bit moody about it and, and stroppy but it's only me wanting to play football so parts knew that he knew I was going to play he knew by not playing me whenever it could have been the first game of the season or the most important game he gets the same reaction that you know I want to play and I feel I should play Um so when the team was announced, I suppose my reaction was a disappointment straight away. Um, and it was a case of obviously having to clear my head to be ready to play, you know, if I was called upon. But yeah, me and Paz are fine. I, I still speak to him now. Um, he tells me I owe him his career because of that one goal. Because if I don't score and we don't go up, he might be sacked and he doesn't manage 
all these other top things he's managed. So, yeah, we have a bit of banter about it, and he's always invited me down to training grounds um, whenever he's sort of been at different clubs, um, and we're fine. You know, I, I probably respect people more after as I've got older because I understand the job they're in, the decisions they have to make, um, and they're not easy. Um, and I suppose as being a player, you only ever think about yourself and you're very selfish and um, everything is about you and you don't think of the overall picture of why managers have to make decisions. So um, I've sort of apologised to a lot of managers since for being <laughs> better paid. Um, so no, we, we're fine and, um, you know, always have been. And, you know, I'm just sort of grateful that I obviously was given the opportunity to go on and, 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 and play a part in, in, in what was a great decision. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you're playing, you you are just thinking of yourself all the time, money. Because all sports people, all they ever say is they're very selfish. Because you have to be. Because yeah, if definitely. you if you're not selfish, you won't achieve what you want to. Um, it's kind of yeah. It must be difficult for the people that are around them though, because they're so focused. Whatever sport is in, it's almost at their cost, isn't it? Quite a lot of the time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm probably as bad as anyone. You know, uh, probably family members, friends, teammates, you know, management, you know, you're so driven and focused that, you know, you work so hard and train all the time for an end goal. And, and when that's not, it's taken away from you at times and you get very frustrated. You know, I've actually played with players that have been quite happy to sit on the bench and not play. And I find that mm. me crazy, you know, that they're taken away from the pressure and away from that sort of limelight. But I was always one that, I want to be a footballer, so my job's to play. My job is to train and is to play football on a Saturday or midweek. You know, I do everything I can to, to achieve that. Um, and, and when I miss games, you know, that's in another appearance I've missed, another game, and I don't enjoy that. So I've ended up leaving club because of that. Stupidly, I have stayed, and Reading was probably one of them where I got to the end. Or <clears throat> I can stay, but am I going to play enough? you know, under pods, formations, you know, and I, I probably left because I thought I can go and play somewhere else and I'll play 30, 40 games where do I set Reading and, and gamble or not, um, rather than probably say, you know what, I'll keep my head down and I'll make sure I play. I have looked and thought I'll leave because of that and I've probably done that a few times hastily um, when really pods was happy for me to stay, was, was more than comfortable on a new deal and I suppose I took the choice of leaving because of that, thinking I'm not 100% nailed on first team every week and I, I want to be, or I want to be at least 90% of that. And now looking back, probably silly things and you wish, no, I should have signed and, and I got my head down and I'll play enough games anyway. But yeah, that's sort of how I always have been and I suppose that's why I've played as many games I have because I've always driven myself to play and moved rather than stay to play. Um, so it's, it's good and bad, I suppose, you know, how I've been throughout my career. Age brings wisdom, doesn't it, sometimes? <laughs> it's going like, if we could change things that we'd done when we were younger, plus it's the circumstances that you're in, it's so easy to look at it calmly afterwards, isn't it? Yeah. From yeah, outside. When you're in the situation and the frustrations and, and, and everything else, you make sort of rash decisions rather than taking time out and that's one thing I've, I've learned I've made a lot of decisions quite rashly and emotionally rather than really thinking about it but I suppose with age you know it's easy to sit in and, and say I would have changed probably 10 things decisions I've made throughout my career but 
you know, you make them and you have to stick by them. Yeah, but who knows if you've made the other decisions, you might not have made a thousand appearances. You no, never know, exactly. do you? <laughs> no, exactly. So it, it swings around about some, you know, I'll never complain with the career I've had. You know, I've, I've made all, every decision on the way, stand by it and, you know, if it ends today, I've, I've had an unbelievable career and, you know, I, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, hopefully it does come back and you get some more goals. That would be the perfect way for you to... I don't know when you're going to stop playing, Jamie. I think you'll just be playing no, forever. Yeah, I have no idea. If it, whatever happens, I'll be playing next year. So I, I, I've got another season or two in me. So if it doesn't start back, then we have to start fresh next season. So, you know, just what we have to deal with, I suppose. It just gives me longer rest and a, a longer pre-season. Yeah, well, yeah, you say that. But with young children, they're going to keep you busy, aren't they? <laughs> That's the same. So, kind of, going on to formations you were just talking about, obviously we saw Nicky Forster coming just before you signed as well, mm. and Martin Butler. Out of those two, which one do you think was kind of worked best, would you? Well, that's 100%. I think Fozzie was more of an individual sort of player up front on his own type, like to do a lot of stuff on his own, which he was very good at. And I think Butts could do that, but I think he liked some alongside him as well. Um, and I think for me at that stage of my career I've never played up front on my own so I needed someone um, as I got older stupidly I ended up playing a lot on my own and found it sort of quite easy um, but at that time I needed and was used to playing so Butts was ideal um, worked his socks off held the ball up well was very unselfish um, and he was a big partner for me at that time um, definitely and, you know proved in my first season he was obviously injured the whole season. He got 28, I got 30. And, you know, there's a back partnership. You know, if one of your four gets that, you'd be happy. But for two, you know, it was unbelievable. And I think that sort of showed how we both sort of, you know, worked so well together. Yeah, Martin Butler was some player, wasn't he? Such a shame that he got that injury because he was a player that was set for a higher level as well, definitely. Yeah, I think so, definitely. He, was, he had everything in... You know, he was a cyber striker that a lot of clubs would have looked at and, and wanted to have. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, he, he had a bad injury and I'll never really probably come back to any player. No, definitely. I've got some questions and they vary. They vary. They vary. I've got someone who says, what is the weirdest thing that you've ever signed on after a match, whatever it is? And I started with by saying, he's got a tattoo on his leg from where you signed it after the Brentford match. That is no win. I mean, is that yeah, one of the weirdest ever? Yeah, I'd say that's, yeah. It's, I've signed uh, ladies' chests. <laughs> Do you know, I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, so I've signed different things, but to sign some, something can then have it actually tattooed, it, be, it makes it obviously permanent. With, with other stuff, obviously, you know, you can get rid of it. But yeah, that's probably... The weirdest, but obviously it's, it's, it's very nice to someone was happy to have that done. Yeah, he's just constantly walking around with you on his leg, which is some kind of, you know, yeah, he's always there. Yeah, I mean, there's only one other thing that a, a Colchester fan named this son Curitan. Wow, okay. Yeah, that is huge, isn't it? Yeah, no, that is amazing, isn't it? That's the first name, yeah. So. Yeah, that is, yeah. Wow, that's blown me away, that has. So for you, that must be incredible. 
Yeah, so that was yeah. So I had a picture with the the, the baby now, and so he's probably in his nearly teens. I would have thought his first name's Curtin. So yeah, Jamie, you would sort of go okay because Jamie's fine, but to actually name the first name Curtin is another weird sort of thing that people are happy to do. Well, yeah, right, that could happy, that could be the one the one and only in the world, didn't it? Probably. Yeah, I would imagine as a first name. Yeah. Like yeah. Yourself. No, that's amazing. Somebody asked also, what's your favourite goal? And they say, we all know the Brentford one, but what about the Notts County one in the 4-3 win? Yeah, Notts County, and then there was one against Brighton. Yes. Um, and another one, I think, against Burnley, possibly. Okay, yeah. But there was a few for Reading that, that I scored along the way that were... It's, it's a difficult one if you get asked the question the most important one in my whole career is, is Brentford um, but then there's better finishes uh, along the way and I was renowned for, for scoring a lot of dipping volleys and um, you know I got a fair few for Reading so it's yeah, not a bad thing to be renowned for, is it? Dipping volleys from way out. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of my favourite type of goal. Um, yeah, there's a few in the locker that I've, that I've managed to score. So. Definitely. Um, it must be kind of like, you must get sent that Brentford goal at least once a week. Yeah. At least yeah, on social I've media. I've just done an interview recently and it comes up. And I suppose it's just the importance of it. Um, you know, and at the time, again, I knew the importance of what it achieved for us as a team and promotion, but not so much as a club and, and a community. People tend to say that that's what's kick-started everything, what Reading are going through, you know, from their part. So as a goal that, that was, uh, you know, most important, then, and yeah, throughout my career, I've never never scored one that's, that's meant so much to, to everyone. Yeah, definitely. It's by far the most important goal in the last, well, this decade. And definitely, for me, it's an opportunity to say thanks for scoring that goal because that changed Changed the history of the club, though, Jamie. I mean, it really has. That's why I realised it's so important because at the time I didn't, until you obviously speak to people and fans and and, and whatnot, then you realise the importance it actually had on, on the whole place. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. Um, kind of, how would you sum up your time at Reading, really? Kind of, it's a positive thing, isn't it? Um, but Yeah, Reading-wise, but someone has asked a question. Have you ever forgiven Steve Sidwell for when he's called Jax? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've had a few conversations about a few times um, since then. Um, it was mainly the disappointment of coming back and... You know, it was a celebration, I suppose, in a way. It's my first time coming back, so the reception and, and reaction I had from everyone was, was brilliant. So the loss would have been, the result would have been fine either way, whether we won during loss, you know, that would have been fine. But to actually get sent off on your return, uh, my first ever sending off in my career, it just made a real sour sort of moment um, in what would have been a, a, a lovely occasion coming back. Um, that was probably the most disappointing thing uh, of coming back to a club where I've done so well and, and loved playing for. Um, for them, that to happen was, yeah, was, was pretty disappointing. But, you know, that, that's football, it's professionalism. Since was trying to get an advantage, it was my silly fault for reacting to it, you know. So I, I don't blame sitters, you know. It's purely down to myself for, for maybe being a bit too tense, a bit too built up and emotional that... I'd, I'd do something like that because at that point I'd never really reacted like that I'd never been sent off and um, 
yeah, it was more just a reaction. I think if it wouldn't have been at Reading and been somewhere else, I don't think I'd have done that. It would have been more of a, an annoyance and that was it. But I think the reaction was more down to emotion and um, just the pressures of coming back to Reading. Yeah, it's one of those things that they probably love showing on Soccer AM repeatedly. Yeah, no, it's one of those things, like you say, it's on the pitch, isn't it? And you just kind of get over it after a while. I suspect you didn't immediately. You didn't go into the changing room and go, oh, he's called me out there. What a good joke that was. It was yeah, it took a while to get over, I have to say. It took me two weeks of my wages as well. I got oh, and, yeah. That's yeah, the worst bit. It, was, it wasn't a great moment. <laughs> no. To get <laughs> no, definitely not, no. But kind of, how are you thinking now? When If you look back at Reading, what is the one thing you would change if you could, in a positive way or negative, one decision, one moment, if you could kind of alter it, what would you change? I wouldn't have left. Hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. I think the actual playing side of it, I couldn't really have asked so much more. I mean, I got to a playoff final, scored 30 goals got promoted the following season and then got to a playoff semi-final so and all along the way I scored scored goals so I suppose in the football sense you couldn't really change I'd like to have played more in my second two periods I suppose not so much second year because I did still play maybe the, the, the third year um, but on a whole I, I couldn't have asked for three better years really um, so I would probably say the decision to leave because I think there would have been a contract however long I wanted, if I was being honest. I think I could have signed one, two, three years and, and carried on sort of playing. So I think the decision to leave was probably one of the worst sort of decisions I made. You know, I've left clubs, obviously, and you leave right or wrongly. But I think um, if you were to put me back into that time, that would probably be the main thing. Um other than that, you know, everything else went along very smoothly, to be honest. You know, I'd have to have won in the playoff final and changed that, but I think on a bigger picture, you know, if I would have stayed for another two or three years at Redmond, I would have, you know, you know, that would probably be the biggest thing I would change. Yeah, whenever you see it now, people choose their favourite strikers, and you see it on social media, you're always in the top ones. Absolutely. Mm, if I'd have stayed for longer, I might have, obviously, you know, I'd have obviously hopefully scored more goals, been a lot higher up in the ranks of the club and maybe then you become more of a legend I suppose because you then then you're 200 plus games and maybe 100 goals and you know things like that so I think yeah staying would have been would have been the massive thing um, you know I, I wish really because I didn't move for anything better you know I'm, I, I left because of, of frustration and I, I just left I didn't really probably want to start for a Premier League so you know anything then you would Oh, okay, I left for the right reasons. I don't think I really left for the right reasons. I think that's probably the biggest disappointment. Well, I can say you definitely are a Reading legend, but I understand your logic there. The longer you stay, the more it builds. But players don't really stay at clubs for long periods now. It's quite rare. Unless they're... It's still fairly long, I suppose, nowadays. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I think now not many people stay much longer than that. But, you know, I obviously had an opportunity to maybe stay for four or five. Um, and then you see what was achieved sort of in the period yeah. I left. So, uh, yeah, that, that must be a frustration as well. As well, yeah. you kind of like look at it and you think, could I be in a bit of that and yeah. be part of the greatest team we've ever had? Mm. But you've also got those moments when you've kind of 
Brentford fans, if I put up the Brentford goal on that thing, it will every single time. People never ever get tired of seeing it, yeah. seeing all the goals you've scored. <laughs> it's a unique place you've got in Reading Football Club history. Yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely, and, and, and that can never be taken away. So I've, I've obviously got a, you know played a big part in the history. So you know that's always always going to be there. Totally. So thanks a lot then, Jamie. I really appreciate you coming on the pod. It's been really good. And um, just keep on scoring goals, basically. Yeah, I'll do my best. I will keep trying. Um, Yeah, we'll see how long it goes on for. Cheers. Thanks a lot. No problem. Cool. That was great, Jamie. Thank you very much indeed.